Welcome. This is WNZN Radio from Lorain, Ohio. Very happy you tuned in. And uh, again, we're 89.1 FM on the radio. Thank you. Thank you on this beautiful late autumn day. Right, David? Beautiful. Yeah, gorgeous you know, day. Just uh, coming into Thanksgiving and the holiday season. But always, as always, we're glad you tuned in. We're very grateful for this station. You know, Dave, mm -hmm. over the years. I think yeah, it's, it's been know, over five years. Six years. You believe it? Here. Wow. So we do appreciate everybody that's listening. If Man. you're having any yeah. problems, any static, anything, a signal coming and going, just live stream us on, on your computer, on your laptop. If you have Alexa or Siri, that's what I do at home oftentimes yeah. when I hear the show on Saturday. So just do that. And again, uh, grateful to have you. As spoken, David, we've seen like we've had a lot of guests from in the we past have. two months from South Africa yes. to right. Thailand and Morocco. Mm -hmm. And anyhow, we have a special guest today, a uh, good friend uh, from the UK. And uh, I think you're going to really enjoy Gerard and his vision and mm -hmm. what, what's, how he's impacting uh, so many people around the nation, yes. around the United States of America. He's going to share this vision for prayer. And um, so without further ado, I want to introduce you Gerard Long. Uh, he, uh, like I said, he's going to tell you that he's from uh, England and a little about what he's about, maybe a little about his history and story and Whatever he wants to share, Gerard, uh, yeah. just welcome. We really, really appreciate you taking time and coming on the show today. So maybe you can introduce yourself and Jeannie and just go forward, and uh, we'll just ask you some questions. Okay, well, John, thank you so much. And, and Dave, thank you for having me on your show. It's an sure. honor and a privilege to, to be on with you today. So I, I will just, just share a little bit of background um, so I, my, the first 44 years of my life were, were in the UK. Uh, I was born in London, but brought up on the south coast of wonderful Christian families. Came to faith in Christ as a young boy, but I would say that he, um, I received Jesus. He was my savior, but looking back, he was never my Lord in those early, early days. And I went away from God in my mid-teens, got very much into, into selfish living, got into um, uh, middle distance running, but it was all about me. And then I had an encounter with God in my last year, at two years old, 1980, and um, I was completely transformed. I now, I now know that was the work of the Holy Spirit, who was filling my heart with God's love. And literally, I, I fell head over heels in love with Jesus Christ, and I've never been the same since. Had this tremendous joy and love in my heart, and uh, couldn't put the Bible down. This was, it was, became red hot to me, as it were, reading it through the night, making copious notes, Wanted to tell everybody I knew what, what had happened. I was captain of the track team, so I was one of the lads. But I'd been transformed. And you know what? From that moment on, um, I had this longing for there to be an awakening, as I now know it. I didn't know then what it would be technically called. But it just, God, if you couldn't do this for me, no one else around. There was no Christians around. There wasn't even a church in a church or any music. Just God turned up in this room. And I, and I repented. I totally turned everything over to God and uh, transformed. I thought, well, you can do this for everybody. And I started a prayer then. I've been praying for the last four, uh, 42 years for this, this prayer, for the presence of God to come in a mighty way. Well, long story, I'll just go through the, the, what happened in my life. So I got married, went to London. I was, I was pastoring for 22 years, but I was bivocational, meaning that I had a a secular job is like tent making we call it in, in biblical terms my tent making was banking can you believe 
Yes, there are a few Christians in banking. All right. Um, so I, I was, <laughs> I was in in the city of London, and you know, over that time, while I was in the UK, there we saw God move in various ways. There were times when number of people came to Christ; they got baptized, both in in our home church, which was North London, but also in the city of London. We had a mini revival in the early nineties where we started these prayer meetings going on across the city and spread to other banks. It was amazing. Over 100 people joined us in a very short space of time. And that was exciting. And then it, then, the, then the Lord clearly led us. We were The bank asked me to move to New York to do a, a job in, in uh, Manhattan. Um, and so we moved over there. And it was, it was uh, this, at this point, God was blessing me every which way I turned. I was getting promoted and everything seemed to be going well for me. And then we, we moved to chicago because i was asked to do the integration between hsbc and household international um hsbc had purchased household for 13.8 billion dollars and so i was humbled and honored to do this integration so we moved over there i remember in 2004 into Jeannie, my wife does it get any better than this we were on we were on the top of the of the mountain so to speak uh, 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 we had a great walk with Christ, uh, beautiful marriage, 24 years marriage at that stage, three wonderful children who knew the Lord, very talented in, in sports and academ academia and everything. Um, it'd be in a beautiful house and a great job, um, great neighborhood, great church, seeing people come to faith in Christ in our, in, our, in our home. We were running Alpha in our home at that stage. It was Everything was good. But, you know, not, not long after that, God actually, he did give me a warning because he, he told me that I was going to, to go through a, a season of brokenness. Now, God never causes bad things. Let's, let's be clear. He never causes evil. But sometimes he permits it for a greater eternal plan and purpose. We see that all the way through Scripture. Um, Joseph, David, uh, Moses, Jeremiah, all, 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 all the way through to the New Testament. Of course, the greatest suffering was Jesus himself, tortured to death in front of his mother. Um, on the cross. I mean, it was unbelievable. But through it, God works greater eternal things through through these things. And so anyway, God said to me, this is going to happen. And sure enough, in 2005, everything started to go wrong. And we got to the bottom of the of the valley, so to speak, when at the end of, the, of 2005, on the 8th of November, our precious, beloved, youngest son, Alex, who was just 17 years old, wonderful young man uh, who, who knew the Lord and wanted to help people who were struggling in life and there was a boy at school he was trying to help he made a bad decision and boy took drugs and so he took some marijuana with this boy one day and it really messed his mind up became delusional paranoid and on the 8th of november he he went out of our home and ended up committing suicide so it was it was a, a total utter brokenness that's that's the only way i can describe it the pain the darkness that came up over our family. Uh, Jeannie, my precious wife, went from shock to horror to anger to hatred. She hated herself. She hated God. And then she lost her faith for two two years. Um, and she couldn't reconcile how a loving God could have allowed this to happen or we served him with all of our hearts. Anyway, she and she hated me, wanted to leave me. Well, as much as Jeannie went into darkness, I, I knew the only way I could get through this was to go as close to God as I could. And so I used to get up in the middle of the night and go down to my study and, and literally cry out to God. And I would weep deeply from the bottom of my stomach. God, help me. Help me in this. 
and in that time the presence of god came it says in scripture that he's close to the brokenhearted and i felt his presence in that room and uh uh he spoke to me there were three epiphanies i had in that period one was of eternity which really helped because i when i when you see things from the eternal perspective it it turns everything upside down you don't you don't live for the things of earth anymore you're living for the things of heaven because you realize <laughs> this is just a as c.s lewis says it's a cover page of a never-ending story mm-hmm. um yeah. the other thing the other epiphany was of god's grace and then also of god's heart for the broken well shortly after that i i was asked to uh, lead alpha alpha usa uh, so I did that for, for can, eight can years. Can you explain Alpha for our listeners? Uh, yes, of course. Yes, yeah, so Alpha is a it's a wonderful, wonderful gift I believe from from God as an on ramp for people coming into the kingdom of God. It's a it's a way in which they can hear about Jesus and His teaching. It's not it's not th- uh, threatening. It's not embarrassing. It's not awkward. It's very relational. So start with a meal, then there's a talk, then there's a discussion and um the we we found running we've done over 50 alpha courses typically 45 to 50 percent of the attendees will make a first or recommitment to jesus christ very effective and so that's that's alpha so i, I was honored to be asked to do that we don't i say we've done so many courses and I, I knew how effective it was now to be able to give my <coughs> my my whole my whole working life then to uh rescue souls for eternity so I, I did it. I, I stepped down from my banking career, uh, 70% drop in, in salary. But you know what? God God made a way. He always does. He made a way. His grace comes in. Well, in this time, Jeannie was still in darkness. It went on for two years. And the Lord told me, you must keep loving her. And, you know, one of the things that, that I learned in that season is that as a follower of Jesus, any follower of Jesus, we've got God's love in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. And, and God calls us, Jesus calls us um, where we have his light inside of us. Hmm. He said to in, in Matthew 5 and verse 14, you are the light of the world. And then he said in verse 16, let your light shine before men that may see your good deeds, glorify your Father in heaven. Well, clearly he's speaking about a spiritual light. And so he said to me, keep, you must keep loving Jeannie. Now, it was, it was really hard. It was twice I said I can't do it anymore. But I said, I know you want me to, Lord. I need more grace. And I'd go back to bed. This would happen in the middle of the night. And sure enough, I wake up in the morning and I had more grace to love Jeannie. And over time, I saw this spiritual light driving out the darkness that was over Jeannie. She was she was not seeing things. When you when there's spiritual darkness on people, they don't see things. Any, they don't see the things of the kingdom of God. They don't see the truth of Jesus. They, and that's the craziness we see across America now, the crazy things that are going on. What is the problem? Well, it's not flesh and blood. The Bible tells us that our fight is not flesh and blood. It's the spiritual forces of darkness in the, in the heavenly realm. So anyway, I saw this. Jeannie came back to faith, and uh, our, our marriage was restored. It was, it was wonderful. Um, the suffering didn't stop because my sister died shortly after Alex actually had cancer. Shortly after that, my, my brother died of cancer. And then Jeannie's uh, G- nephew died in a car accident. And then the unbelievable happened. Our beautiful daughter, Rebecca, she was our eldest child. She um, couldn't stand the thought of young people dying without knowing Jesus. I mean, it was such a shock. She was so brokenhearted, her younger, youngest brother, uh, the way that he had died so very suddenly. 
And so she left her corporate role. She'd done an MBA at Loyola at 25. She's very, very bright. She left her corporate role and came and worked with me at Alpha and became the national director of Alpha Youth. Mm. Well, yeah. And she had a huge impact on many, many people. Today, tell me how, what an impact that she had on, on their lives. Well, anyway, we were down in San Diego sharing a platform, speaking together. It was a great honor to be able to do that with Rebecca. I had to go to London for actually an Alpha conference. She came back to Chicago on the 7th of May. The next morning, she went out for a run. Now, we're not quite sure what happened. We know that she went down to the lake. It was a very, very hot day. Uh, we, we knew she had blood sugar issues. We, we believe that she fainted and fell into the lake where she, she was and couldn't get out where she'd fallen and tried to swim around to a boat ramp. The water was 37 degrees oh and she got hypothermia and, mm. and she, she drowned. Oh, that's a, mm. uh, well, what, what year was so this, we, Gerard? 2014. 2014. 2014. Okay. So suddenly we're thrust down into the darkness again and, and, and Jeannie, who nearly died after Alex, I mean, she had to have emergency surgery. She had a double knot in her intestines and she was nearly admitted into a psychiatric hospital. Uh, she knew she couldn't go on. And uh, she, I was remember I, I remember the day very clearly. I was, in the morning, I was sitting at my kitchen table. Jeannie became like a zombie. She just wasn't, wasn't present. She wasn't there. Anyway, I was aware of her walking upstairs. And sometime later, I looked up from where I was sitting and she came into the room and literally her face was shining. I jumped up and I said, what, what's happened to you? She said, well, I'll tell you. I said, I, I went upstairs and I, I, was, I was going into Rebecca's room. I wasn't going to come out. I knew what I was going to do. But as I opened the door, I went in there, the light filled with light, the room filled with light. And it was an incredible sense of love and joy and joy in the room. I think she was almost transported into heaven for a minute because she said she was aware of Alex and Rebecca behind her, but she was so taken up with Jesus in front of her. And again, it was, it was light. Well, she didn't see any, any physical being. It was just this light. But she knew it was the Lord in front of her. And he said several things. So one of them was, your, your, uh, your grief is not your own. Your grief is not your own. So she came downstairs where we were broken vessels, and we just, we just said, God, we don't like this cup. It's very bitter. But if this is our calling, then we want you, we want by your grace to be faithful to whatever you want us to do. And we, we felt very clearly he was leading us to start a ministry called Awakening to God Ministries to help the suffering. Uh, based on Isaiah 61, well, in one sense, to alleviate God's pain because he sees every bit of suffering in this world, every bit of it, and it, and it breaks his heart. And so we did. We started this ministry uh, helping the poor in India. Uh, we've done nearly 70 villages now. Tens of thousands of people have been helped with water and mosquito nets, medical aid and, and uh, other things. And then last year we actually reached 57 million people with messages of comfort and hope online. We've just been sending out these messages. Um, so then 20, uh, 2017, this going on in parallel with all of this was my heart for awakening. We went over to the island, island of Lewis, the last great, uh, last place of the Great Awakening in the British Isles. Can you explain? I, wa I wanted to meet some. Gerald, Gerard, pardon me. Can you explain what a, yeah. an awakening or a Great Awakening means to our audience? Might yes. Not be familiar. Yes, of course, John. Yeah, thank you. So, tip. Uh, I mean, technically, you would say you call a revival is when the church Christians are revived. It's hard to revive something that's never been alive. So. 
I mean, people mix these words up, and it doesn't really matter. But but t- typically, a revival is when when Christians come alive in their faith, and they're just on fire for God, and they're all out out, and and that's that's really a revival. Awakening is is goes even beyond that. Awakening is when the presence of God comes in a way that the whole community, and you can have hundreds, sometimes thousands of people at one time, all become aware of the fact that they're not right with God. And they become desperate mm. to get right with God. I mean, they cry out for mercy. Mm-hmm. And there's been moments through history that's happened. Yeah. The first of those, as you would probably say, was in Pentecost. You remember they, the guy, when Peter was speaking, the guy cried out, what, what must we do to be saved? Right. You know, he was getting convicted. He was getting convicted. So awakening is when the presence of God comes, the darkness is driven away, because remember, it's the darkness that blinds people's eyes, and they suddenly become aware of, of, of their sin and the need that they need to repent and get right with God. So um, I, we went to the island of Lewis. We met these two, these two people, um, Albert and Agnes. Uh, they prayed with us. We all wept. They told us what it was like. They were teenagers at the time, came to faith. It was just unbelievable when God's present. They used to go to meeting after meeting through the night <laughs> and, and still managed to go to school in the day. <laughs> uh, it was it just just incredible. And you can read it. You, you can see it online on YouTube, the, the stories of the, of the uh, Lewis, Lewis Awakening or sometimes it's Lewis Revival. Welsh Revival is another one that people often refer to. Uh, Azusa Street would be another one you could you might be to know of. And there's been the first and second awakening in, in America as well. So um, that was in 2017. 2019, now, I, I had a season of, of deep, deep intercession where I was crying out to God again through the night um, for several weeks, crying for God to give us justice against our adversary, which, of course, is Satan. What had happened to Rebecca and Alex, it wasn't right. I mean, God had permitted it in his sovereignty. He never caused it, of course, but permitted it. But now, according to Luke 18, Jesus said, pray to the Father for justice against your adversary. And will he not answer you quickly? Well, at the end of several weeks, the Lord spoke to me and said, Joe, your, your prayers have been, been answered. I've been heard, sorry, been heard. It will happen in my time. That's what he said to me. Later that year, I believe Satan tried to take me out. I had a, I had a cardiac arrest. Um, I, was, I won't go into the details, but I was literally dead for 30 minutes. I was outside of hospital, wow. um, and they couldn't revive me. They, they tried seven t- several times with this electric shot. Finally, they did one more, one more, and they found a heartbeat. And, of course, I, I survived without any brain damage, which is, you know, absolute mm. miracle. 2021, yeah. we're back wow. in the UK trying to look after our mums. And... Uh, October of last year, I get this message, a text through from a good friend of mine, uh, Fred Corey, who John and David, of course, know very, very well. And he's basically saying, Jared, look, I've been asked to put recommend someone for this role to serve as the second director of, of a, new, a new ministry called Prayer at the Heart. Now, I would normally say no to something like that because we've got our own ministry. But he's, at the end of it, he just said it's, it's about another awakening. And that just got me. I just, well, I wait. It's about an awakening. <laughs> this is what I've been living for for 42 years. So I just said, yeah, put my name. I didn't expect, honestly, anything to come of it. And I didn't even tell Jeannie in the morning. And then I suddenly I got all these messages through the day telling me that they had a board meeting. They've seen our eight-minute video about our, our journey. And they all start crying, the board, and they believe that God's calling me to this role. So that's what brings us over 
brought us back to the UK. We've been in, sorry, in the US. We've been in the US for 20 years prior to that. We came back then. We, we, they said you can be based anywhere in the, in the US. Um, pre previously, we've been years in Malibu, California. Um, but we felt God was, was going to be New York, but every door closed in New York. And then it became very, very clear. God led us to Northeast Ohio. Um, so that brings us up to, to where we are today, pretty much. And Gerard, can you explain the vision of, of, of prayer at the heart um, in its scope? I mean, to, 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 to call believers in America to, to, to pray and intercede. And I know you base a lot of it on Second Chronicles 7.14. So maybe you can elaborate on that just a little bit yes. for our people. Yes, yes, of course. So the, 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 the mission, first of all, is to ignite a great awakening through a national movement of, of humble, unified, desperate prayer and action. And action. As you say, John, based on Second Chronicles 7.14, if my people. So unity is very, very important. Christians, and what we mean by unity around the person of Jesus Christ, fully man, fully God, one of the Virgin Mary, lived here on life, his substitutionary death on the cross, overcoming sin and death, uh, uh, rising up from the grave, ascending into heaven, and his soon coming back in glory. That's where we have unity. That's the core unity. That's what Billy Graham uses as a, as a, as a sign of unity. The, the other things we disagree on, we can leave those in our, in our own churches, as it were. But God wants us to be one as a family in the person of Jesus Christ. Uh, if my people call by my name. So this isn't about any big names or ministries or denominations. It's all about Jesus. Will humble themselves. So we, we've, we've got to come off our high horses that thinking we have the, the soul, soul right on truth. And unless people see what I see, they're going to get wrong. No, no. Humility says, you know, Lord, I'm totally dependent on you. I'm holding on to you with all my heart. And uh, a willingness to yield. <laughs> That's wisdom we, we learn about in James. Um, a willingness to yield and just coming together humbly, humbly. Jesus emptied himself, came to earth, emptied himself. Uh, we'll pray, seek my face, turn from our selfish ways. What do we mean by that? That's where we put things on this earth more important than the things of heaven. They overcame, we, we read in Revelation 12 and 11, by the blood of the Lamb, the word of the testament, and they loved not their lives unto death. In other words, they laid everything out. They put everything in. When, they, when, when the, uh, Peter uh, was, was threatened and John was threatened to stop talking about Jesus and, and, and they were going to be killed, basically, that's what they were threatening, how can we not speak of what we know is true? And so that's what we want. We want a total giving over to God. So that's, that, that's the first biblical scriptures. The second one are based on the New Testament scriptures about light, as I said earlier on. If we're going to see a change in America, if we see uh, America have another awakening, We've got to deal with the forces of darkness that have caused the blindness. How are we going to do that? Well, Jesus has given us the blueprint, I believe, with all my heart. First of all, he said, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds. He's talking about the Great Commission. He said this in Matthew 5.16. Of course, the end of Matthew talks about the Great Commission, which is to go and make disciples of all people. So we, we've got to get out of the four walls and we've got to be willing to go through the land like Jesus did. I mean, he walked through the land and he showed people God's love. In Luke 9 and Luke 10, he tells his followers, this is how I want you to be. 
he sends out the 12 and he sends out the 72. I want you to go through the land and show people what my love looks like. And so that's why what we're doing in prayer at the heart is prayer and intercession, but also it's, it's going. Now, when they came back to Jesus in Luke 10 and verse 18, the first thing he said to them was, I saw Satan like lightning from heaven. Well, he's telling us, look, when you go, when the light goes, the heavenly realms are cleared of the darkness because we know when light comes, darkness has to flee. In fact, the definition of darkness is the absence of light. It's the absence of light. So as we go. So that's the, those are the biblical basis of it. And so the vision is for 63 million people to come make a first recommitment to Jesus over the next few years. Prayer being, which is really we're talking about, aren't we? When we're talking about prayer, we're talking about fellowshiping, fellowshiping with God. Prayer at the heart of every Christian family, business, community, church, needs of, needs of the suffering being met and forgiveness flowing through the land. Just imagine what America would look like when that happens. So powerful. Um, we've, we've, you know, what we've done, we started off with prayer. So we, we did a prayer at the national level last year. And then we've done 13 states this year at the center of every state. But four months ago, the Lord spoke to us very clearly about doing a special pilot initiative here in northeast Ohio, where he wanted us to go and do what we've been, I've been saying about doing, going through the land. And so what we're planning in northeast Ohio is 40 days of prayer, care and share. Some people have heard that phrase. What we basically mean by that is that prayer is very key. Think of Think of the, how, the, how God told the children of Israel to deal with the Amalekites when they were going in the promised land. They were being attacked. What was the strategy? First was prayer. Moses was up the mountain praying, remember? He needed some help, held his arms up. Secondly was action. It was prayer and action. When the disciples said to Jesus, teach how to pray, he, he, he said, we pray and now, and now go. <laughs> he sent them to go as well. So it's not either or, it's both and. And so Joshua was fighting in the valley to, to defeat the Amalekites. So our, what is our weapon? It's love. It's love. So in those 40 days, we're going to care for people, show people what love looks like. And how do we do that? Well, it's by looking to where people are suffering, where they're in, in great need. And so, and then we'll have a central gathering on the 16th of, of, uh, of, 17th of June at the end of those 40 days. So the ge we're forming two lots of teams, the geographic teams, um, this is where the, the, the armies of God, if you like, are, are going to be mobilized, where the Christians are. I like to think of them as light carriers, carry light. And so we have over 200 churches already. We haven't hardly started yet, but already 200 churches are saying we want to link arms with you. And the call out to Christians, which will start in earnest in the new year, because we're forming these functional teams, as I'll explain in a moment. The message to Christians is, what has God put in your hands? What is, what is the gifting that God has given you? What is the calling that God's given you? Especially young people today, they want to see the world change. Well, we believe that God's given every one of us a specific work to do. Ephesians uh, 2 verse 10. We are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Now, we're not, these works don't get us to heaven. We know that. It was by, simply by God's grace through faith in Jesus. That's what gets us to heaven. But we're called to good works, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Every one of us have got a calling. And now it's, we've got a little catchphrase we use. It's time. 
it's time to pray. It's time to mobilize. It's time to to be unified as a body of, of Christians. Uh, it's a time to see the darkness driven out. It's a time for an awakening. So we're saying, use your gifts, your abilities, your experiences. Jeannie and I are, bro are broken vessels, and so we can empathize with the broken. Some people have been drug addicts. They can help the drug addicts because they've experienced God's triumph over that addiction. And so we're forming, we're forming about 20 different um, uh, missional teams, everything from human trafficking to orphans and widows to children and young adults, praying for the sick, uh, addicts, prisoners and the homeless, the poor, brokenhearted. I mean, this goes on and on. Women in crisis pregnancies, um, evangelism, seniors, all of these. We're forming these teams because when the Christians sign up in the new year, they're going to say, well, I want to help, help the homeless. What do I do? Or I want to help the addicts. So those functional teams are forming now initiatives that the individual Christians can sign up to do. That will be the what, where, when, and how. So, okay, go to this place. Sorry, John. Go I'm, on. I'm sorry. I didn't want to interrupt you. But so you basically, I just want to summarize just a little bit, Gerard. You're challenging the churches to come alongside, working through the churches. To main, the main thing is to be unified in prayer, realizing that politics and everything else is not going to save America. We have yeah. to see a mighty move of God like they saw in the great awakenings of the 1700s, the 1800s, the famous one in Scotland, in the coal yes. mines. Um, whereas you say the presence of God and the fear of God enter in a, in a community, a given city yes. or village, that people literally cry out for repentance. They want to get right with God. And then the churches yes. can assist in discipling as people come want to be part of the church and, and be revitalized, the revival coming uh but the key to, to the leverage this movement so to speak is prayer a focused prayer uh coming in to again cry out to god for america if i'm understanding i'm just painting with a broad yes. brush well, it, it's, it's 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 twofold john it's, prayer is is the first priority absolutely crying out to god um but also it's action also it's Okay. So when, when it, Jesus said to his disciples to go, to his followers, I want you to go. And and so it's a, it's very much a go model. It's a missional model. Uh -huh. And we want, the, we want the, uh, the, the fruit of this awakening, not a one-off event, mm -hmm. but actually to be a transformation and how we do church Got going it. forward, which is how the early church was. I mean, they went from, as we know, Paul on his journeys, um, we see the, the church growing in India and in Africa and other parts of the world. What, what is the model? It's a missional model. They come to the Lord. Yes, they're discipled, but then they go out to reach the, the lost. And at the end of the day, I always think of it because I thought about eternity so much. You know, why, why, why I want to be with Jesus. He right. wants me with Jesus. We know that in John 17. Why am I still here? Why are we still here? Right. Because we're carrying on this rescue mission that Jesus started. And now is given to us to rescue precious souls for eternity. Right. To eternity. So, so it's it's both and both and prayer. Um, but but then also you touched on unity, which is, you know, we we must the church, and we're, we're so encouraged. We've got the Catholic churches are coming on board big time. So many of the parishes there, Protestant churches. The one group we we haven't been very successful with today. We pray that God's going to turn that around. Is that the Orthodox? 
that we can link arms with believers in the Orthodox Church as well. So, yeah, it's 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 John. It's Second Chronicles seven fourteen, really. Right. <clears throat> hey, Gerard. Um, in terms of schools, are you doing any outreach with schools? I think we took prayers out of schools in nineteen sixty two. Where you know mm. uh, that mandate came out, are you trying to reach out and get the schools involved too? Yeah, big time. We've got oh. we've got one of our strongest teams. In fact, we we believe it's going to be the children and young adults who will be the tip of the spear of this. And typically through history, where there's been awakenings, the children and young adults have led the way. And we've got a very strong group led by by Rick Willis, as who you may know, he he started his own Christian school and. He's already started. He's got some, he, and he's linking arms with other other leaders. The, the great thing about these groups is that there's leaders from across the church of of these different ministries, and so he's reaching out with with uh, Gail Reese and others who are involved with with children's ministry. In fact, I just got an email from Rick this morning saying he, they're planning all these visits to school, Christian schools, and others to mobilise these young people um, to to go to go. And right. and I and I always. I always think that when you see a, a group of young people who are on fire for Jesus and uh, living the way God wants them to live, it's a wonderful contrast to the way the media and Hollywood have have deceived our young children to say, no, you live this way. And what has he done? He's, he's come to kill, rob and destroy. And we see that today. I mean, I just heard this morning, every day there's 300 overdoses every day in America. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it, I mean, he's he's just destroying, destroying their lives. And so, it's time. Yeah, and so yeah. Gerard, um, if there's a principal listening, or I don't know who your targets are in the schools, but how do people get a hold of you? And you know, are there different uh, folks that are listed on the website that the various groups can get a hold of? How how does it work? Well, the, the, what they can do now is to go on to our, our website, which is prayer at the heart org mm. and you'll see on our home page some of the things i've just been saying if you as you scroll down a little bit you'll see a, a a button there that takes you to northeast ohio pilot there you'll see all these different ministries and and people can start signing up now they just put mm. in their names and say they're interested the initiatives are still being worked on they they should be in place by the beginning of january but you can certainly start uh, signing up and um, saying we want to be involved, and particularly churches. We pastors, we'd love to hear from pastors to say, hey, we want to be part of this. Yeah. And and we humbly say, can we link arms with you? Can we link arms with you um, for the sake of Jesus and his glory? Yeah, and you also are looking for people to fill the roles in your infrastructure uh, itself so that you can continue to support this vision. Maybe you should talk about yes. that too and ask for help. Yeah, well, thank you. Yes, we do. I mean, we're, we're, this has been run on an absolute shoestring at the moment. So um, I feel it's a bit limited. Um, um, may, may, maybe God is saying, I want you to be just dependent on me day by day. I don't know. <laughs> if people feel led to give, you can give on our website. That would be so helpful um, to be able to do. The next phase really is to let people know what's going on. We don't want anyone to, to, to miss out. There's some great initiatives we're doing. We've got an initiative with an app that will enable um, every home in Northeast Ohio to be prayed for. Um, we're, we're linking up with another another company to help us connect with people online who are struggling. But these things take, they need finance. Uh, I personally need help um, with 
the, the, the website and with some of our te the technical side of things. Um, I could do with some really skilled social media experts um, to help, help with getting the word out and to do some of the technical things. We've had to pause our podcast just for lack of resource so far. So, yeah, we could do it with, with volunteers in those areas. Um, and, and giving, financial giving, would be a, would be a great help too. Eddie, do you have a question, David, on that? Uh, no, I, I think that's good. But you also need people to fill seats in the bus too. Yes, yes, yes. And so that, that's maybe, true, David. That's yeah, true. and maybe tell people what those roles are that you need right now that you're you're interviewing yes. for. Okay, so we we are we are looking the moment. We've got uh, three areas that haven't got a leader for. We've got some people say, "Oh, we'll help," but we need someone to take take a lead. One is human trafficking. The other one is the orphans and widows group, um, and then. Uh, for PR and communication, those are the, those are the three areas which we are we are we're missing people at the moment as, as leaders. So, if you know, for example, the last one, we 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 could really do with a professional, someone who who knows PR and communication inside out, to come and help us do this. This is too important not not to do this really really well, and to get the work. This is a I should have said this earlier on. This is a pilot for the rest of the country. So our vision here is that we see God really start moving and then it will spread around. We'll go, we'll go to the whole of Ohio in, in September and October. But then we want, in parallel, other cities and other counties around America to start doing the same thing. They can basically say, we can say, look, you can do this. Here's, here's how we've done it. We'll share everything and how it's all worked. Let's do this across the nation. And I hope it will spread around the world, to be honest. Where Just you, simply following what Jesus told us to do. Gerard, real quick question. What state or city did you see the most response or activity, would you say, from this past, what would you say, six months you've been involved now or nine months? Yeah, I, well, we, we've done it at state level so far. So it's, it's not, it's different to what we're doing in Northeast Ohio. And that was a, primarily, it was a, it was a, a solemn assembly, a prayer gathering in the center of the state and the most effective was the one we did in texas texas brady texas and they had they had about three thousand christians that came to that very powerful but they had they had a great level of unity already um and and ministries already working together that worked very very well um and so that's that's the most effective so far we did it we've done other 12 other states um varying varying from several hundred down to a small sort of gideon's army you know a very small number of people um, what we hope has happened here, uh, John, is to, is to see tens of thousands of, 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 of Christians, people who are following Jesus, to be mobilized in prayer and in uh, acts of loving kindness and outreach. And we want every, every Christian to be a witness. As we know, we're, we're, we're not all called to be evangelists, that's a particular gifting, but we can all witness for what Jesus has done in our lives. We can all say how he's changed my life, how, how I came to faith. Right. We can all say that. Very simple. And then we can all very simply lead someone in a prayer of salvation. So it's, not, it's not rocket science. We, right. we can all do it. So we want to train people on how to do that. So literally we will mobilize thousands of witnesses as they go out doing these acts of loving kindness, helping the poor, helping the brokenhearted, helping the addicts, etc., they're, they're also going to be witnessing in word as well, sharing the gospel. 
Tristan, did you have a question from a young person's point I, of I view? I just want to say that I, I, I think your story is incredible, Gerard. Um, how did you get through some of your uh, times of strong grief, do you think? Because it sounds like uh, everything was kind of unraveling around you and you were uh, really just able to stay kind of uh, held together throughout that. So what was your, uh, how, what was your guiding light through that? Well, Tristan, that's a great, that's a great question. And I, I, I'd say two things, two things to you on that. The first thing is 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 love. Um, love is the greatest motivator in uh -huh. the world. God's uh -huh. love poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So, it, it, for you and anyone listening, encourage all of us to ensure, uh -huh. as far as we can, we're asking God to fill us with the Holy Spirit that we may be overflowing with a love for Jesus Christ, mm. because that's the motivator. Second Second Corinthians five fourteen and fifteen. It's the love of Christ. It's the right. love of Christ right. that compels us to lay our lives down. Right. Why did I keep loving Jeannie? In person, I wasn't loving her because she was making my life hell. Uh -huh. But I, I wanted <laughs> to do what was right because I love Jesus. So that's right. the first thing. Secondly, uh, is Hebrews four sixteen was such a huge is such a huge verse for me, and and this this verse says this: we go boldly. Right. to the throne of grace right. to receive mercy and grace now what is grace grace is the provision that we need to the for the journey that god's got for us ah, I like and that. i needed strength i needed peace right. i needed i needed wisdom i needed more love and what, really what grace is is the life of jesus jesus it right. says in john john 16:40 he speaking of the holy spirit will take from what is mine, that's his victorious life, uh -huh. he'll make it known to you. He'll make it known to you. That's God's grace, which we read in, in, in uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. What did God say to Paul? My grace is sufficient for you. Right. And so it's, it's all, at the end of the day, Tristan, it's all God. From start to finish, it's all him. And, and we, we just become witnesses more and more to his amazing grace. To his amazing that's, that's grace. Very, that's very empowering. Thank Gerard, Tristan goes to a Christian college, Grove City. I want to ask Tristan mm -hmm. in regard to this vision. What do you think students understand about prayer or the necessity of prayer for America today to lift this, this really, this slide we're on as a country, morally, um, uh, spiritually, and all of these things from your point of view, because we're all different ages and we come from different backgrounds. What do you think? What do you see, and how does that maybe enter into what uh, Gerard was talking about? Well, I mean, prayer, prayer is like, I, I go to a Christian college, so I, my, my perspective is biased in, like, I guess the young Christian community. But from what I've seen, it, it really varies. I mean, a lot of people, you know, our, our walk with Christ is each our own. And um, <clears throat> there, are certain, there are certain outlets that a lot of the times people need in order to uh, come to Christ, and a lot of those times those outlets usually consist of bad events in, in our lives. I mean, it really times of desperation, kind of like what Gerard went through, I think is a great example of things that bring us closer to God. I mean, I went through mine. I was very fortunate when I was younger. Um, my, my, my testimony comes from back when I was in fifth, sixth grade. I've been suspended from school twice. Uh, I had a speech uh, speech impediment. I, was, um, I had some learning disabilities. Uh, I came to Christ and my life completely changed. I started reading the Bible more. I started spending time uh, with friends that actually mm. wanted to wanted my wanted what's best for me i i, I uh met my the guy who's my best man at my wedding um i, I met him a, a, about a year later and uh my life's just never been the same um my friends mm -hmm. in college that they, they, they all care very much about me and they're all very 
Bible loving, believing, um, strong Christians in their own in their own walks. But I just I, I, I want to just say that I, I've never encountered anybody quite with a testimony like yours, Gerard. I mean, I still think that that is just really one one inspirational walk with the Lord there. So I, I don't know. I think it depends per per young people. I mean, you can tell that the generations based on the sign of the times. I mean. It's not going in the right direction, right, right, but uh, right. a lot of that comes from the culture, and a lot of that comes from blindness to uh, an alternative, which is Christianity. But um, for the few, for the few that are and do recognize that there is more, I mean, there there definitely is a chance to absolutely create a revival, kind of like going back to what John said uh, or yeah. Gerard said. Well, <laughs> the revival and all of this, God is sovereign. I mean, we cannot predict. Uh, even when people were seeking for a revival, they pray. In other words, as believers, we do everything we can do, but allow God to do that which That's we cannot right. do. That's right. You know, as, mm. as one person explained it to me, it's like Abraham, when he sets up the altar, he gets the wood and he gets the sacrifice, but he counts on God to bring the to fire. Bring the, yep. to con- and I yeah. think that's what we do. We, we can't yes. predict or mm-hmm. prophesy and say, yeah. God, if we do this, you're going to do that. Because we don't know, but we yeah. do know we're called to prayer. We do know, you yeah. said a good word there, uh, Tristan, a desperate, desperate people do desperate things. And you see that with Jonah. When he went to Nineveh, this was a pagan yeah. city, but they heard the word of God. They knew they were out of alignment with God. They fasted, they prayed, and God lifted his hand. In Israel, if you study the Old Testament, time and again, right. Israel was drifting into immorality and idolatry, and somebody came in, right. a prophet, and he called the people to pray and repent, right. and God answered. Now, they didn't know if God was going to, how he would answer. Right. And that's kind of where we're at today in, in, that's our, great, Mr. in our history. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we could, uh, what, the arm of flesh can do so much, you know, in our own strength, and our own ingenuity. But to turn as a people, as a nation, as they're trying to get all these threads, all Gerard's tying all these threads into a fabric, so to speak, of united mm. people that are simply saying... We're imperfect people, saved by God's grace, but we see the need. We're calling out on you, Lord. You guide, you direct, you answer if you will. But allow. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to leave anything on the table when I get <laughs> when I go to be with the Lord. I want to say, I ran the race, I fought the fight. But here's what yeah. He's instructed us to do. And Gerard is point man on this. Gerard and Jeannie to say, hey, you you know. Come on, yeah. you, know, you know, like a blowing a bugle, really, right. is what he's yeah. doing. He's blowing a bugle yeah. right. and saying, hey, America, you know, we look around, we think, oh, we drive cars, we got we got cell phones, we got, but we're in a really serious, darkened moment in the history yes. of you know, our country. You know, in every battle, like, uh, I think there's always rallying points. Like, the reason they have banners a lot of the times is to better communicate yeah. messages amongst, like, troops. And so... I, you know, if our culture has got very large and loud banners, it doesn't mean that we have to develop larger and louder ones to reach younger generations. Honestly, a lot of it just comes down to still maintaining the same spiritual truths that have been held throughout the last thousands of years. I mean, I, there, there are different approaches we need to take. For example, you're right, certain aspects of the Bible, like people didn't know that, that the earth, for example, a lot of people didn't think the earth was round. But that doesn't mean that um, in today's culture that we can't still adapt those same teachings. It's just we now have a different perspective on, on, on the nature of the world. So, Oh, yeah, they're timeless. I yeah. mean, the Bible yeah. truths, yeah. truth is timeless. Two plus two is always going to equal four. That's right. I don't care. A thousand years ago, mm-hmm. if you go to the moon and I have two apples and you give me two mm-hmm. more apples, I have four. But God's truth is God's truth. That's right. It's timeless. And mm-hmm. what Gerard is calling us to, I mean, mm-hmm. God is, see, the, the vision, it. People, let's come together. That, yeah. You yeah. may want to, we're going to, we've got about 
10 more minutes, about seven more minutes, Gerard. I want you to give out contact information again and explain again uh, the call to prayer. You know, what God has put on your heart is this year is coming to a close quite rapidly. What do we got, a month and a half? We're yeah. 2023. That's why. I just want to mm. turn it over to you a little bit here, Gerard, and uh, contact information, recapping the vision a little bit, mm. and we're going to probably have some more questions before we close. Great. Yeah, sure. What we, we again, um, you can contact us at uh, www.prayeratheheart.org. That's our website. Go on there, and that you can you can sign up on that form if you want to participate in these forty days of prayer, care, share, mm. which starts on May the eighth. 2023 and goes on until the 16th of June and then we have a central gathering the following day the Saturday when we hope there'll be a time of great celebration Thanksgiving um, as, as John rightly said we, 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 we do what we believe God leading us to do the there's a great proverb says the horse is prepared for battle victory belongs to the Lord so we leave we leave the outcome in God's hands I, I pray and, and believing I, I have great sense of faith in my heart that as we do our bit god loves to co-labor with us i mean he could he could bring an awakening right. it doesn't need right. us right he right. could he could god could do that without us right but it's amazing through history that these these broken vessels he's he wants to work with us i mean yeah. that, right. that's our loving heavenly father mm -hmm. right. he, he loves to, to co-labor with us that as we go then he he will come and move as well and frankly if god doesn't come and, and his presence doesn't come in my mind, it'll it'll be it'll be a bit disappointing to be honest. So <laughs> but, we're desperate. We're desperate. But desperate we still do what we come. we were called to do. I mean, no matter yeah, what happens, what Gerard. Do, yeah. I mean, we do what God has called us to do. We put the rest in His hands. But He yes. He uses yes, he all did. of us. We're imperfect vessels saved by God's grace. Yes. There's an old African proverb that says, "God draws straight lines with crooked sticks." <laughs> and, <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> it's yes. His work, <laughs> and. Uh, uh, we've all seen answers to prayer. Now, we don't always understand the timing or the exact way, but we do know God hears and answers prayer, and we know it's God's will yeah. that none should perish, but that all might come yes. to repentance. That is his will, his stated will. That's why he came to earth, That's really. Right. That's right. And so we're just picking up on that, and you're you, you're leading the, the, the charge, so to speak, at least at this moment in, in church history, in U.S. history, and we're just praying yeah. going into 2023. First, we're praying for a healing for your wife, Jeannie, a complete healing for yes. 2023 <laughs> yep. uh, as we go yes. forward. And then this call to prayer that people, we get, we're, we slumber sometimes because we think if it's illegal, it's moral. Yeah. That's not the case. Yeah. Something could be legal in this country, but it could be extremely immoral. Right. You know, and, and we, yeah. we are really, if we had glasses we could put on to see spiritually, we could see we're in really darkness, as Gerard said. Mm. Yeah. And to pray, use that yes. that right. leverage, which is prayer, to lift that that envelope, that canopy of darkness. Uh, to, off to bring the light, light in. I like what Gerard said. Mm -hmm. um, basically, the essence of darkness is there is no light. Yeah, exactly. And so this is really what yeah, this yeah. is all about. Um, I think it's beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, that, so that pray pray now. We, we we'll, we'll be putting this app out shortly for the for, for we can you can pray for your neighbours every day. You know you, you have the name of the neighbours who they are, and and go for that. But then also get involved in the practical moving out in love as well. Right. So remember it's, it's prayer and action. So you can go online 
And where, wherever you feel called, if you're not sure, then you can just join the prayer and intercession team. There's a great prayer and intercession team. Right, sure. But maybe you want to help the poor. Yeah. Or maybe you, maybe you want to help those who have been in, in, in addiction. Or maybe it's with women in crisis pregnancy. There's all sorts of different ways. It's basically is we, we are being Jesus' hands and feet to take his love to the poor and the suffering. I mean, when Jesus started his ministry, he started repeating the words of Isaiah in Isaiah 61. Spirit of the Lord's on me. He's anointed me to preach good news to the poor, bind up the brokenhearted, mm. freedom for, for the captives, and release from darkness with prisoners. Right. So that's what that's what we're going to be. He, we're following Jesus. He, he gave us the blueprint. <laughs> we're following what he, he did. And now he said, now go and do likewise. Right. Right. And so we, we, and think of it as a, I like to think of it for Christians to think, that you're carrying light. Do you guess what Jesus said? You are the light of the world. Right. Let your light shine. Right. And if we all the Christians mobilize together, because that's key as well, then there'll be a very bright light over northeast Ohio. Great. That's <laughs> and great. over the rest of the country. <laughs> that's a and, good close. You know. Darkness will leave. Darkness will leave. Yeah, God bless you. That's a great close. Do you have any question on David? No, uh, uh, yeah, thank you for all your efforts, Gerard. May God bless the path you're on, yeah. and God bless your wife, Jeannie, as we move forward. And we'll try and help you in any way we can. Thank, thank you, Gerard, thank very you. much. And God willing, we'll do a follow-up as we go into 2023 to see how things are going. Right. And uh, thank you. Just God's may God abundantly bless you and Jeannie and the vision you have and uh, lives being changed. I mean, God answers prayer. And you quoted out of Hebrews 4, mm. come boldly yeah. to the throne right. room of grace in the time of need. And there you right. will receive mercy and grace. And, and right. we are in yes. a time of need. And, and we're simply following God's directions and coming to the throne boldly. Yeah. Right. You know. So God yes. bless you, Gerard, and have a very blessed uh, Thanksgiving. We'll touch base with you before the holidays come in up, upon us. Okay, thanks, Take God. care. Thanks, David. Thanks. God bless Take you. Care. Take Great. care. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you so much. Okay, bye-bye. Yeah, bye-bye. God bless. Bye-bye. Okay, Thank you again for listening, and this is WNZN Radio. Next week, we look forward to another another show, perhaps an interview. God bless you guys.